0: I am coming because I thought yesterday, so I'm in the car now, but when I thought about this yesterday, first of all, I was, I think, on the phone or maybe doing a training video. I was in the car, but I was doing something, and so I couldn't stop and record this, but the thought popped into my head. I wasn't. I was listening to music, and I do Look, I'm the type of person, and this has nothing to do with what I'm saying, but I'm the type of person that when I'm listening to a good song or listening to a good podcast or listening to a good playlist, like I do Pandora, I know I'm old, don't worry about it. I do Pandora, I do Apple Music, I do, I don't really do Spotify because they have ads and I'm not paying for Spotify because I play for Pandora and Apple Music, but when I'm listening and the playlist is hitting and it's bop after bop after bop after bop after bop, I hate that being interrupted. Like, I be in my car giving full concerts. And so when someone calls, I get so mad. If you've ever called me and I answered the phone and it sounded like I was angry, it's probably because I was in the car jamming in the middle of a concert. And it's like someone over the loudspeaker came in with the ringtone. And I... It upsets me. Probably more than anything else driving. Um, so. So. I was listening to music. And I had this thought. And I didn't want to interrupt it. So I didn't stop and record. But now I'm in the car. And I have a few minutes on the way to the game. I'm late. Um, but. I'm in a stage. Another stage. Like this is my second phase of. And the first one happened. And I'm not even going to tell you what the phase is yet because I want to tell you when the first one happened. The first one happened when I was probably about 23, 24, 25. Um, I just started working at Carter. And I was asking God for patience. I was asking God for um, honesty. I was asking, like, the ability to always be transparent and for patience. And so He God put me in a position where I needed patience. So He made he forced me to work with people that I didn't naturally get along with and so I had to learn how to get along with them and he forced me to work around people who were all genuinely who they were and they had no apologies for who they were and they they really flourished in their authenticity and work for somebody he put me in the position to work for somebody who promoted authenticity and wanted me to be genuine and be myself and be transparent but then he put me around people who made it more diff- because everyone was being authentic and transparent and honest with who they were, it was more difficult for me to just get along. Um, until of course I started being authentic and transparent. So, in asking for those things, God put me in a situation to have to get them, to learn them, to develop them. Well, I started listening to music that really I really wanted it to focus my life. And I know one of the main songs that really, really, really pushed me through a lot of this um, time was, and I hope it doesn't end because I'm about to move because I want to make sure I get the words right. Um, How did I... It was Make Room by Jonathan McReynolds. Make Room. Um, And I will make room for you. I will prepare for today. And I'm not going to sing the whole song. I don't, no one can sing like Jonathan McReynolds. But, I, I mean, I probably sung that song every day. And, like, really worshipped on that song every day for, like, two or three months. While I was traveling and then even when I got back. Because my thing was, God, I know you're telling me what to do. And I'm not sure how to do it. And I just feel like there's so much clutter and there's so much stuff in my way right now to impact what it is you want me to do. And we're talking 2021, 2022. And... So I started just praying, you know what, I want to follow your word, I want to do whatever you're telling me to do, but you got to get all this other junk out the way. And that's not, I, I've said on here before, maybe not car edition, but I've definitely said before on sermons to myself, the way I talk to God and present myself to God is so much more authentic and transparent than the way I present myself through the podcast. And I am very, I'm like 95% transparent and authentic on the podcast. But a lot of what, like the way I talk and the words I use. I just, in my professional setting. Like I I was telling a student the other day. Because I have students that I talk to regularly. Jakes, Fidel, um, Diamond. And in my regular everyday life. I cuss a good amount. <laughs> like, and it's, it's, But as a coach, I don't cuss a whole lot. As a teacher, I don't cuss ever. As a real estate agent, I'm not really a cusser. When I'm doing the podcast, I don't cuss a ton. And a lot of my guests feel like that means they can't cuss. Like when they're on public servants and I'm sure y'all have heard it if y'all listen to it. Where people ask, oh, can I say that? Or can I say this? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, we just didn't know because you aren't cuss. And like some, a lot of those people... A lot of those people know me in real life. So they're friends with mine. And so they know what I sound like when I'm not in front of a microphone. And so for them, it's a little strange. But for people who don't know me in in that light, who don't know me personally, who don't spend a lot of time with me outside of professional atmospheres, they don't know that. And so when I went to God, I was like, look, you have to move some of this. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm a, going to ink it up to about 98% transparent because it, it's important for what this is. And I'm like, God, you have to move some of this shit around because I am exhausted. And I'm not just tired of doing work because I like working. Like, every job I've had, yeah, I put a lot into it. I loved being an administrator. I loved being an educator. I loved it. I loved everything about working with the kids. I loved running my own basketball organization and coaching three teams and still working with outside teams and putting on tournaments, like, I loved that. I loved it. And so that wasn't the exhausting work. The exhausting work was trying to do that and walk in purpose. Because I realized that those things weren't congruent. They weren't the same thing. And that was hard for me because I was like, something that comes so naturally, teaching, educating, coaching, those things come naturally to me. So something that comes so naturally and I enjoy training and I enjoy learning about them. Like, I enjoy working on my craft as a coach. I enjoy working on my craft as an educator. I enjoy working on my craft as a communicator. I enjoy getting better at those things. So not only am I naturally good at it, but I enjoy the process of learning how to be even better. How is this not congruent with my purpose? So, Jesus, I need you to start weeding out the things that don't have to do with my purpose. And I need you to start doing that so that I can see clearly what I'm supposed to be doing and focus on that because I just don't know. And he said very clearly to me one day, he said, you have to cut out the things where you are in charge. And I said, what? Like, but I, you want me to be the head and not the tail. What are you talking about? You want me to cut out the things where I'm in charge? Like that's that's where I'm the head. What are you? T- and he. And so I had to leave the school, and that was the very first thing, and take a background role as an educator, just an English teacher. And I, and I mean leaving the school and going back into the high school to teach English was the most refreshing. Like, I posted about I said, I'm back home. Like, it felt so refreshing and fresh and good. And I, I couldn't explain it, but I woke up every day about an hour before my alarm went off excited to go to work, excited to do it. And I posted earlier this week on Facebook, I left my dream job for chasing a dream title. And so that dream title was Restorative Practices Specialist. But that job is that English teacher. And even as the coach, like I was, I was, went back to coach and went as an English teacher, but only for the school. That job, that time, and it wasn't even long. I think I was there six months. It was so refreshing and just, I felt so satisfied and so fulfilled doing it. Because I was, I was impacting lives every day. But even more than that, the, I just felt like I was walking in the steps that God told me to take. And then I made decisions where God said, that's not what I told. That's literally opposite of what I told you to do. I told you to leave everything where you aren't in charge, where you're in charge. And you did that. And then you went back to a position where you could be in charge again just because it was more money or a bigger title. But I told you not to do that. And so it was before that where I started talking about make room, singing make room, listening to make room. And then we got into that space, and I was like, okay, clearly this was the wrong decision." I knew almost immediately. Like, I don't think it was two days in that new position with a new title before I realized this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. This this is not God's purpose. I need to go back. And I couldn't. It was too late. Like, that's, that's how sick I was. Like, I, I was sick. And I was like, God, I'm just going to go back next year. And he was like, you can't. You can't. It's too late. You can't go back. I told you where you were supposed to go. You went and then you left because it didn't fit right with your plan for your life. Which has nothing to do with my plan for your life. Those things are not the same. And right now they're battling each other. You want to be in charge and I'm telling you to sit back. And it ached me up. Right? So then a new song hit me. And it was it, it, it's a song I had known. Because I, I had been listening. I listened to it in college. Um, and then I like. But it came as just part of the. Because of course I started a Jonathan Reynolds uh, Pandora station. And so. Make Me Over by the Walls group. Started playing. And I was listening to it. On the way to this job one day. As restorative practice specialist. And. I mean that first line. Came on. I don't want to be this way no more. Make me over I want to be changed and saved, oh Holy Father Oh Lord, please restore my soul And, And oh Lord, make me over again And I don't mean, like, there were tears coming down, but I was able to keep driving. Like, I had to stop driving and pull over because I literally could not keep my eyes open. I was torn. Like, torn to the point where I was lucky I had an extra shirt in the car that day because I had to change my shirt before I got into work. And I ended up being, like, 30 minutes late because I was destroyed in the car that morning. I, like, I felt so convicted And it's almost making me emotional now, even talking about it. I felt so convicted in that moment that, like, I heard you, I understood you, I listened to you, and then I rebelled. I went exactly against what you said. And so now here I am asking for help again, and I shouldn't even need your help. And it wasn't like the song, and the song doesn't even get into this part. Like, I was just like hearing Make Me Over again. And I started crying at it again because I was like, you did this already. You already made me over. Like, you already gave me, like, you let me get to where I thought I wanted to be. And I was telling people when we started the school that starting a school was my end goal as an educator. Like, that was one of my big dreams at 25 years in. Like, 50, 55, 60, I wanted to start my own school. And I was doing it at 27. 26, 27. And so. I was like. I got here. I got to where I thought I wanted to be. I got the dream title of principal and founder and CEO and owner. Like I got to that. And then I realized this isn't what I actually wanted. And so I went back to where I started. English teacher. Specifically where I started. Right. High school English teacher. And. I loved it, I felt at home, I felt at peace, I felt understood, I felt connected, I felt useful, I felt purposeful. And so I know that was where I was supposed to be. And then I prayed about it after I left. And God said, no, you were supposed to be there. I tried to elongate the process. You got the new job in November. And I didn't let you start in March. Because I hoped that during that time you would recognize that this is part of your purpose. I kept putting backlogs into play so that you wouldn't make it to this next thing. I kept trying to stop you from going where you thought you wanted. But you wouldn't listen to me. You wouldn't listen to me when I was telling you that's not what you need. It's just what you want. You weren't listening to me. And so in not listening to me, you ended up getting something you didn't need. Something you not necessarily weren't ready for, but something you weren't supposed to be involved with. You weren't supposed to be there when that happened. When that brawl broke out, you weren't even supposed to be in that school. So it should, you shouldn't have had to make a decision because you weren't supposed to be there. You took your journey on, in your own hands despite the fact that I already told you what take steps to take. You asked me to order your steps. I did. You asked me to direct your path and lead you on the journey. And I did that. And when I did that, you did exactly what I told you not to do. And so, I felt so convicted sitting in my car. He's make me over again. Like, give me a third chance, Jesus. Right? And it's like, we as people get so caught up in, they did me wrong and I gave them a second chance and they did me wrong again. But God is giving me chance after chance after chance to just be obedient. And that's why I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday about like, hey, look, I made a mistake. And I apologized for it. But you're trying to hold this mistake over my head and you keep repeating yourself about how it made you feel and how it hurt. And I understand all of that. And if you never want to talk to me again, fine. I get it. I understand it. But what I will not allow to happen is for you to ruin my self-esteem and my self-confidence and my belief in myself to be a good person and down talk who I am as a person simply because I made a mistake. That I've apologized for, that I've asked for forgiveness for, and that I've corrected not just in words, but in behavior and in action. But you want to hold it over my head as if I haven't done those things, I'm not going to allow that to happen. Because I don't treat people that way because God doesn't treat people that way. And so I have to hold you to the standard of what I expect. And if I can't hold you to that standard, maybe we can't be a part of each other's lives. And that is okay. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make me a bad person. It just means I have a standard for the people I need in my group that you can't be a part of. That you aren't willing to meet. I can't meet. That you aren't willing to meet. And that's okay. And so, I felt in that moment. And these... I mean, all of these things... I know I'm jumping around like crazy. But it's just all of these things were happening. And I was like, man... I. I, I just need to be redone, God. Make me over again. Because this isn't it. I'm not happy here. This isn't what I hoped it would be. I just want to go back. And he said, you can't go back. You can't go back. You can't go back to the way things used to be. And I know you, if you listen to God's music or I listen to music, y'all know what. Y'all know that's another song that was popping in the playlist at the time. And it was like, no, you can't. Because you asked me to give me. Give me that joy I can't explain. Give me the peace that'll heal my pain. Give, give me, and I gave it to you. And then, you got adulting. I realized something. When I woke up this morning, what I'm overwhelmed by is exactly what I wanted. And he was like, yeah, it's what you wanted, but it's not what you needed. And I tried to tell you that, and you wouldn't listen. So no, you can't go back. And I said, okay, well, if I can't go back, make me over Again. <laughs> and like I said. That again word is what ate me up. Because it it was like. I know you already did this once. And we not even a year out. But I need you to do it one more time. And I promise I'm going to be better. And we know that's a lot. Like we try to be better. But it's, it's, it's in our human nature to sin. Right? And so it's in our human nature to go against God. we That's what makes going with him. And following him so much more difficult. But so much more necessary. Because it is being in the earth, but not of the earth. And it's really exercising the power that God has given you. And the power that God has in you. And relinquishing control of your life to him. And so that's when I was like, I can't make myself over at this point. I, I know that. I figured it out. I know I don't have the answer. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm listening. Send me and I'll go. Word to Lecrae. Um... Uh, <laughs> But no, give me give me the direction, God. And I'll just, whatever it is this time, I'm listening and I'm not going against it. And he said, okay. And then when I tell you God made me over, step by step, brick by brick. I mean, but what you don't realize is when you ask to be made over, he can't just start with where you are and make you brand new from from here. You have to be torn down. In order to be built back up. In order for new life to begin, something has to pass away. Right? You can't be two people at the same time. So in order to be born again in Christ, you have to be dead to your flesh. In order to be born again in Christ, like, I can't remember the name of the woman. But there was a woman. um, David was king. And he was, I guess, going through the wilderness. His men went to go get help. ...from a very rich but very dumb man. His wife was incredibly smart. And the wife... The man told David, men... David's army, no, we're not going to help you. And so David got in his feelings as a man. Like, after everything we've done for you... ...and your family, you're not going to help us. And David was on his way to kill this man. Well, the wife interceded and found out... Look, I know my husband's dumb. I know he's foolish... But here's everything I can give you. Please take this and spare our lives. Don't kill my husband. Don't kill me. Don't kill the family. Right? And so David goes on his way. He accepts this wife's apology. He accepts her gifts and he goes away. The wife tells the husband what happened. And the husband has a stroke and dies. Then the wife, who was thought to be barren, marries David and has kids with David. And I was listening to a church sermon. I can't remember the preacher, but it was Transformation Church. It was during the um, Hot Girl Summer um, series that they did where they had different preachers. And it was the second one. But the preacher came in and she talked about divorcing, like a holy divorce. And she said, God has to kill some things and he can't birth some things in you. This woman couldn't have babies because of who those babies would have been attached to. And so God isn't going to birth your future into your past. He isn't going to allow you in your present to take with you reminders of your past into your future where you're supposed to be living this new life and living in this new abundance. So he didn't allow this woman to have babies with her first husband because he God knows the big plan. Right. And he needed her to get married to David, to produce children for David, because that's where his her lineage was supposed to go. That's who she was supposed to procreate with. That's who she was supposed to extend her longevity to. Not through this man who is an idiot who she married for probably financial gain and probably for marriages in that time and still in this time are a business transactions. And so he didn't allow her to take that piece of her past into so when when God is making you over, it's painful because he has to tear you apart first. And so, God has been spending this time. This last year has been rough on me. I tell people all the time. I have been both broker than I've ever been and happier than I've ever been simultaneously. Like, I can't find a positive relationship romantically. And I've tried, y'all. I am dating. (laughs) I am dating. And every single relationship is like, man, this is awful. You have... Burgundy flags. And I was like, God, if you could just bring me someone with pink flags, not red, just pink. Give me, give me a light red. Give me give me anything that's not like pomegranate red. Because y'all's flags are not just red, but they blinking with glow lights around the outside. And he's like, I, I need you right now to focus on you because I'm trying to make you over. And you're trying, you're trying to help build something with somebody when you aren't finished being built. Like, what, how foolish would it be to build three houses at the same time? Where are you supposed to live? Right? And so, God has been making me over. And it hurts. But when you start to feel the new, and that's what I meant now. Like, I don't feel like I'm made over, but I'm starting to feel the successes of being new. Like, I'm starting to feel the difference and how I've changed and starting to recognize that change. And God is really allowing me to see that. And there is nothing like it, y'all. So I just wanted to share that. And I really wasn't finished, but I'm now where I'm supposed to be. So I'm going to talk to y'all another time. Thank y'all for listening. Love y'all. See y'all later.